When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are we recording? We are. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Stan. What up, Marshall? We're back. Gosh. Here we are. Here we are. How are you feeling? Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You really just want to just jump right into the awkward <laughs> intro? <There's laughs> like, what? Why not? Like, Why? I can tell you're trying, though. But yeah, what, like, what, I can what tell else you... am I supposed to do? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling good? And then the, 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 like, the little like, teeth showing. What's that? That's you. That's you. That's you. <laughs> That's you. You feeling good? You've never said that to me when we're not mic'd up. No. Hey, no. Stan, are you feeling good? Yeah, well, it's you... because we're on. We're on God. TV or podcast. No, or you're trying to create the awkward intro. Why? No, 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 no. Just no, make it. Not. No, no, I was trying to make it good. I was trying to make it ease into it. All right. Well, sure is good to see you. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're back for two episodes. Yeah. Three for those that get my drawing basics course. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Little slime marketing tactics there. So, what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, what do we want to do right now? <laughs> we, we are recording a podcast. I know. Would you like to talk to me? Yeah. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> There goes Charlie. It's about time. Interrupting us. We've been gone for so long. Like, mm-hmm. what? what's up? It's a little awkward. Are you doing good? Uh, I'm doing you, quite you doing well. Good? Yes. Quite well, you know. What, what's been going on? Well, I've been, uh, I've been working on the perspective course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you have. Been. I know you don't believe it, but I have been. Charlie knows that it's true. Yeah. You, you know how many times I've heard this? I didn't tell you that life. I was working on it when I was not working on it. I am actually working on it. So we're making progress, Wait, even okay. slowly. Now, play back all the times he said we're working oh, on it. <laughs> Let's yeah, just yeah, do yeah. a little loop. You're still on your, what is it, eighth year of perspective now? Seventh, Seventh year. year of perspective? So, No, I will finish it. Are you God sure? Willing. That's what you said to me five years ago? I know. It's six years ago. Is it still uh, maybe next year? Or? We're shooting for 2020. Okay. We can do what we can. I'm working on it. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So now, again, you're now working on it? I am working on it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. And we are making some progress. Uh huh. Yeah. Some progress. Now, where do we go from here? How much progress? You are editing the course, right, Charlie? Yeah. I'm, how, I'm in charge. How much of that. progress has uh, We've made a significant amount of headway on the first batch of episodes. First batch. How many batches are there? Let's not. We don't need to. <laughs> the more you talk about it, the harder it is to keep the momentum. Let's just do our job. Yeah. 
How are you doing, Stan? I'm doing good now. Mm -hmm. As opposed to when? Well, COVID kind of threw off a lot of my habits. Did you get especially? No, no, no. Like the whole, oh, yeah, the, the whole, whole thing. thing. The, yeah. the not like. And we're allowed to say that now. Oh, the word. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Is YouTube still? I don't think so. I I doubt it. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, maybe. But it used to be that if you said the word, yeah, YouTube yeah. would just like put a message under your video that's like, yeah, fake news. So get we, go here instead. We never said the word. Yeah. Okay. So it threw you off. I I didn't ever get yeah, COVID. Yeah, but I'm back. I got a, tr a physical trainer now. You got a physical trainer. It's been a month. It, yeah, but and, and, yeah, I stopped. Like I stopped swimming for like a year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what the physical training is about? You know, I think I've part mentioned part before. We have low. I had lower back issues a little bit. Yeah. Every time I start working out, my lower back swells up, and just yeah. like I, I hurt myself afterwards. So, but he's been doing great. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of boring. You, you got it, but you just got saying a, a specialized exercise regimen sure. is for you. Just, the point is getting healthy again. Great. Yeah. Okay. Also, we went to Lightbox this weekend in the time of recording. Lightbox was two days ago. Lightbox was two days ago and mm -hmm. you were there all three days. I was. I was glued to this chair. You sure we, we set up the draftsman set at the booth and I had people sit down and talk to me. And literally on Saturday, I was sitting for like eight hours. Wow. In the chair talking to people. I took a 45 minute break for lunch. Other than that, I was talking to people. I lost my voice. Yeah. I had to, I think I ate a whole bag of Ricola stuff. What, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. Ricola. Oh, those little, yeah. uh, those little throat lozenges. Like, yeah, lozenges. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had several cups of throat coat tea. Uh huh. It helps. The cool thing that I think is we had sketchbooks out for people at the booth and, a lot, and they, people went up and sketched the, the skulls that we were selling there. Yeah. Mm. You want to look through Yes, I do. This is, uh, this is part of what you came away from Lightbox with. Yeah, we'll and, show a uh, few of our faves on the screen, but... People did a lot of skulls. I there think. are a lot of good ones. This is a really good, uh, what do you call it, measure of the quality of artists walking by. Yeah. A lot of variety of styles. A too. variety of styles, but just to, like the average level of quality is really high, like way higher than I expected. Yeah. Like most of these skulls are really good. It's because they're watching Proco and they're well, learning. I, Draw your that's own right. skull and crossbones. I don't want to brag. No, I'll brag for you. <laughs> I was kidding. I want to, I want to brag. I am proud of my students. I'm proud of your students too. This is great. Hey, what'd you think of Lightbox? Lightbox was great. I thought it was great too. I thought it was really an amazing convention. Yeah, they did a great job again. Did you do any panels? No, not this year. I just wanted to focus on the booth. Yeah, which you did. Mm -hmm. The booth was a happening place. Yeah. Well, there's four more sketchbooks. So well, we also did a memorial for... For Kim Jong-gi? Yeah, for Kim Jong-gi. And we just had people sketch in these sketchbooks and mm -hmm. we're going to send it to his family. Good. So, yeah. Well, that was thoughtful. Yeah. We could get caught up in this. If any stick out, just mention it and we'll put it up. Uh, that you. tree is lovely. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. <laughs> this one stands out. But it is a nice tree. It is though, a nice tree. It? Yeah, it is. That's Patrick's nice tree. Breaking Patrick it into what, two Bosworth? values. Uh, uh, Bosworth. Oh, our Patrick. Our Patrick. Oh, cool. That was Patrick, well, Patrick Bosworth? You met Patrick. Yeah. Kind of worked with Patrick. Patrick and I have favorite movies in common. Wow, who did this? Yeah, Patrick edited two drafts. That's Cutter. Episodes. Cutter did that. Yeah. Wow. He did it with the, you know, the brush pen. 
All right. And then a fourth I believe book. Todorovich did one in there. And I, I actually haven't even seen the final. It is so Joseph Todorovich. Yeah. He did a good it's one. A, yeah. Joseph drove me up there. Really? Yeah. At one point. Yes. Right. Marshall, didn't you have a panel at Lightbox? Yes, I had a panel at Lightbox with Peter Hahn. And we did a presentation on our favorite artists and lessons from them. I felt like it went really well. I, I think Peter felt like it went well. We spoke I'm about sure it went well. equal amounts of times and it was staggered between the two of us. And I had not really taken a good look at some of the, uh, the work he had presented, but uh, it was, and it was just, it was a great group. They were absolutely into it. All of the panels seemed like they were overbooked so that there were more people who wanted in than could get in. That but, was the number one complaint. Yeah. But, you know, they were, know they were small, uh, small more rooms. Panels, like? More panels, more bigger panels, bigger rooms. Spread people out. Yeah. There, bigger, a a lot don't... of people were saying, like, if there was a way to digitally view the panels or see them later. Oh, like, they wouldn't want to. They, they would be okay with missing it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's it was a, a good, good vibe, though. Just the whole, I felt like the whole convention was a good vibe. Mm -hmm. Was your panel any different from the episode we did on our favorite artists? Art parents? Yes, it was quite different. Who were the different artists that you mentioned? I started with my initial, uh, my 19-year-old infatuation with Escher. I and, think you've mentioned Escher. And how careful he worked. Yeah. And then how when I saw Cly, I wasn't that thrilled. Actually, it's going to be, the, the panel is going to be uh, posted. So everybody will see it. Okay. But the theme, the theme became uh, carefulness and planning versus improvisation and risk. So we ended with an homage to Kim Jong-gi because okay. he was such a blazing light of someone who took risk, although for him, he was so used to taking risk, it hardly was became it? risk. It was yeah, just you ride the, uh, the, the stream of, of imagery that comes to you. But uh, it was so different, so different from Escher and so different from anyone who works in stages of planning. Yeah. And, and there was no pitch that one was better than the other. There was a pitch that if you're aware of this, I always feel that if you're inclined toward one way or another, that it's good to exercise the other, but you're probably going to shine on the thing you're most inclined to. Yeah. But it was a privilege to present with Peter Hahn. It was a privilege to present at Lightbox. And it was such a whirlwind of activity. And I cannot believe how many people watched the Draftsman podcast. I could not believe how many people uh, approached us saying that they were listening to them, even though it's been a year since we've done them. Yeah, you can believe it. I can believe <laughs> it, yeah. But you, you, you forget it sometimes because you're in a studio with just a few people and then all of a sudden you find out that there's an audience out there that is bigger than you thought. Yeah, that was the one big thing was like finally seeing everyone again yeah. and seeing the, the listeners and then also just the, the art friends that I haven't seen in three years. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, it was a great reunion. Lots and lots of former students. I had a lot of opportunities to introduce people that had never met each other before. So it was like those three characters that Malcolm Gladwell uh, identifies in the tipping point as people who change culture. There were three ah. labels. There was the maven, there was huh? the connector, and there was the salesperson. And you remember this? Just Oh, Yeah. I got What's to be a connector between students How? and professionals. It's just like sticks in there? This is yeah, well-trodden yeah. territory for Marshall. He's brought this up a few times. Yeah, I bring it I up all the time. I forgot that he even brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> advertised. Show, show the Proco, uh, the, the Proco, the, 
the things the that you put around your neck. The lanyards. Well, yeah, when I Show went them. in there, I couldn't believe that right away, the lanyard they're going to put around my neck says Proco. Yeah. It was you bad. thought you were getting away from me. No. For a weekend. No. It was the yoke was going to be placed over <laughs> my shoulders. The yoke? Yes, the yoke. Do you know God, what a yoke is? It sounds like bad. Yeah, it, it does. It sounds bad, but I'm trying to be ironic with it, you know, and use a bad thing to talk about a good thing. <laughs> okay. But never mind. It just sounded bad. Never mind. Let's just move right on. <laughs> I got all the Proco Yoko all over your head. Hey, that's great. The Proco Yoko. The Proco Yoko? Okay, enough <laughs> banter. People are not here for our God. banter. <laughs> we have some of the worst banter of any podcast that I know of. You mean the best. No, some of the, the worst. The <laughs> no, no, I mean the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. So, where to now? We got to stand out somehow. What else has been on your mind? Uh, no, that's not how I asked you to say it. Well, how did you ask me to say it? <laughs> oh, what else have you been up to? It's already falling apart. What, 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 what else have you been up to? What else you been up to? Oh, you know. Oh, <laughs> man, that sucks. <laughs> no. We, uh... You ought to be ashamed of yourself shooting your partner and it's okay to aim for the eyes. No, no it's not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to keep this don't in. Don't shoot until you see the whites of the eyes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that we've been doing a bunch of nerve battles here at the office. Yeah. And uh, who's dominant? I've won. You've won? The you only. also had a Captain you win America all, you win I had a Captain America shield that gave me an advantage, but that's their fault. We're going to talk about that today. Well, you know what? Christian had a whole wall. That's true. We're going to talk about in the culture code, it's going to talk about this business of the boss winning and, and not winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to win every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to have to deal with that. There's going to be some conviction for you. They're going to have to earn their wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where this wow. goes. But I, I noticed you have an apple. Oh, is there anything wrong with having an apple? No, there's many things right ah. with having an apple. In fact... I better get my gun. <laughs> In fact, no, in fact, I have a thang for you. Oh, what are you have? What kind of a thang? thang? What Marshall, kind of a thang? You've really sucked at thangs. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been enthusiastic about it. I've got a thang for you. Yes. It's exciting. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. A week's supply of apples? You are so thoughtful. You care, don't you? Oh, those are beautiful apples, too. Here. Yeah. They... I will explain. Yeah? This is a new type of apple a new breed of apple yes tell me more stan it's called cosmic crisp have you tried it yet no i haven't me either but this is new it came out last year and it's like one of these new genetically engineered red no bread, no sign right no 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 fake in it no laboratory experiments yeah, yeah, on this thing just, this is just breeding yeah uh i want you to try it. i don't know if this is i i've never tried it it's, but it's cosmic crisp they were bred for shelf life so they can last in the fridge for like 12 months really that that's what steven told me he was reading from uh, the google <laughs> yeah everything everything that's on the internet is not necessarily true steven do My you know anything about its flavor profile uh supposedly kind of sweet crispy and cosmic should we try it <laughs> um, you can taste right the galaxy yeah let's do it yeah mm. oh it's actually really good <laughs> <laughs> that is a good apple it's a little bit less sweet than i expected from the color but it is sweet enough and sour enough it's a good balance it's a top-notch apple and it's crispy though. i love it 
But we're not supposed to eat on the podcast. Didn't we have that rule? We did have the rule, but uh, people know what they're getting into. It's it's different if you just are munching while talking about something unrelated. Which is talking about the crispiness of an apple. (laughs) People who eat and talk at the same time, disgusting. Yeah. But this is okay. See, at this point, people can skip to the part where you're not eating an apple. Mm. If you want to skip, just wait till we are not holding the apples. Okay, one more. It's a top-notch apple. Yeah. Is it better than that green one you got there? It probably is, and I'm not even going to bother with the green one. (laughs) Rejected. I am so pleased that you introduced me to the Cosmic Crisp Apple, and I'm talking with apple in my mouth, which, you know. Yeah. Okay, Marshall. Stan, (laughs) you and I read The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, and twice. Oh, is this the same dude? It's the same guy. Okay. You had me read it way back, 2013 or so, and then we we did a podcast on it. Yeah. And I found out, somebody told me, you know, he has another book that he wrote several years later called The Culture Code. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea until then. I thought, I like the title and the subtitle, The Secrets of Highly Successful Groups. And it is true to the name. And I think that this is a better written book. Than The Talent Code? Yeah, I, I do think it is. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and it he, he dropped your gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. I think I think I think he got his craft up even higher. But it's the same kind of thing where there's a lot of hooks, you know, the promise that he's going to uh, tell you about a gang of jewel thieves and how they pulled it off, and oh. that he's going to tell you about the worst culture, the worst uh, culture cohesion in the world. To so yeah. whoa, well, what's the worst culture? It's missile culture. Missile do you know cult- anything about missile culture? This is missiles, I'm assuming, is a metaphor for like insults. No, and... we're talking about literal Minutemen missiles, the ones Missile that protect culture. the world from the nuclear explosions, okay. and that it is one of the least cohesive, just one of the worst cultures going on. I was surprised that he put it in there, and he's, he contrasted that with submarine culture, because submarine culture is also a, a military culture, and submarine culture is a better culture and it is for specific reasons that this book goes into to explain how some cultures he does a lot of that goofus and gallant thing yeah. of the worst cultures and the best cultures and learns lessons from it. okay are you excited about it i am very excited i want to see more body language showing me that you're excited about it <laughs> isn't this what you do no no like a hoop excitement? or something like whoa, 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 wow marshall go something like whoa, that whoa. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Oh, that means a lot to me Thank you. Everybody go crazy. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What do they do? They, okay. they pull. What is it? Should we do a Three Stooges routine right now? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what their little yeah. The, oh yeah, the slap on the yeah. ears and then yeah. the the, <laughs> the poking of the eyes. That's right. That's right. It's coming back. You know, an aside about the Three Stooges for 10 or 15 minutes no 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 no. we have a book we have to talk about the culture of the three stooges oh the culture of the three stooges is interesting but i think maybe we'll save it for another okay if you do this one more time i will shoot you (laughs) yeah we brought draftsman out of retirement okay yeah the threat thing okay i really wish i'd had this book when i first started teaching having to wait until i'm in my 60s to have this book he talks about stuff that applies to making classes work. Oh, so it's, it's any group of people. It is families, neighborhoods, uh, teams. Sports teams. Team. You said teams. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, is this, yeah, yeah. Sports, like sports, sports teams, teams, but also like Proco team, that kind of thing. Anything like where there's teams. a group of people. He has gone about it like, like in the last uh, year or so, I've been looking at books on leadership. And I went through a couple of John Wooden's books. I just 
I, I just couldn't relate to him that much. And he was also saying, here's how I do it. Daniel Coyle is not saying, here's how I do it. He's a journalist saying, here's how they do it and pointing to the great ones. And he's a very good story weaver to show you what these great groups have in common. And he boils it down to three things. And that's the, the book is divided into three sections that are about those three things. Can you guess any of them? The first one is the most working important. Together. Uh, working together. Working together, yeah, is kind of a general way to put uh, the second one. These three things, if you take away any one of them, mm -hmm. it's like taking away a leg on a tripod. It will not hold. And the first one is safety. There has mm -hmm. to be a sense that I am not threatened mm -hmm. in this. I mean, it's like, like a child coming into a family. Risks. Taking risks comes into the second one, which is connectedness. When mm -hmm. people take risks, together. When they share vulnerability, it makes it so that there becomes a, uh, a special connectedness. The, the three things are safe, connected, and with a future. What does that mean? That we all have a goal. We have the same path forward. We are We're aligned. We, we have a shared vision. We have a goal. We have a mission statement. We okay. have in the future, what we're doing now, which is so difficult, will have meaning. And, okay. And each one of these is like a little gem that there are multiple facets to it, which is why it's whole, a whole book instead of just those three words. And he tells story after story after story of these. And, and he weaves the stories in entertaining ways. I want to hear some of your favorite stories, but first explain the safe thing again. Safety and what? what? What kind of safety are we talking about here? Safety is that I am a part of this group. And Isn't I'm not connected. I'm not going to get kicked out because I make a mistake. That okay, is a right. big part of safety. So it allows people to take risks because yeah. they know that they can fail and it's okay. Yeah. Give me a moment here. <laughs> In and out. Oh, <laughs> that's how I breathe now. Sorry, is that distracting? No, I, th I thought that was a nice rhythm that you're going. I, I never That's thought of breathing. you as a musician. Breathing is rhythm. Yeah, yeah, and you exaggerated in a way that reminds me of, I'm watching Ken Burns jazz and you are really reminding me of these great jazz improvisers. Wow, that's how good I am at You're that music. good. <laughs> you want to talk part about of Marshall's Preserves? <laughs> that was the private episode that yeah. you don't have access to oh. because you didn't buy the basics course. <gasps> An exclusive Whoa. Draftsman episode? That's right, Charlie. For only $139, that you can get your hands on a crispy new podcast <laughs> episode. Yeah, anyway, there's an episode where we did just for the basics course. Yeah, now should I tell one of the stories? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's nice. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking out for you. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. He wants to keep his job. He doesn't feel <laughs> oh, he's safe around here. Charlie acts safety. like he's safe, but it, all, it might just be a whole ruse. Well, if he doesn't yeah. act safe, he, can get he, he gets in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah. This make sure that you put on facade. that face. <laughs> so, safety, you can take risks, you can fail, you won't be kicked off the team. What else? What else is part of safety? He starts the book, and it's even before chapter one. I think it's in the introduction to the preface. He starts the book yeah. telling you about an experiment that was done where the puzzle, the challenge, 
was to build the biggest possible structure out of a few pieces of uncooked spaghetti, tape, string, and a marshmallow. Spaghetti, tape, string, and a marshmallow? Yes. Who can build the biggest structure? And <laughs> there, there was a, a group- <laughs> That does sound funny. There's a group of college business students and a group of CEOs and a group of lawyers and a group of kindergartners. These are, these are all separate groups trying to build the biggest structure. CEOs, lawyers, and kindergartners. Mm -hmm. Why the CEOs and the lawyers? Well, they were a footnote. It was mainly the school, the, the college Yeah, I imagine students. the children and the adults. Guess who won? Well, of course it's going to be the kids. It, otherwise, there wouldn't be fun. There'd be no You're point like, in oh, telling the story. We beat yeah, you, right. yeah, actually, like, the like, kids like, failed miserably. Yeah, and, they, and they cried they the whole time. They ate the spaghetti. <laughs> oh, we put you in your place. Do you know why they won? They probably just started sp spitting out ideas and just like having fun. They did not give in to status management. Oh, like who's in charge? Who's in charge and do, what if I do right. and that, that might offend them and that person's the boss and I'm the boss and all that. And even though it happens on subtle levels, mm. the subtext of don't offend people because there's a power structure, the kindergartners were just not in tune with that. And they did a lot of quick bursts of... of of responses to what they were doing and then changing their mind. And he described it as trying a bunch of stuff together or something like that. So you had these, these little minds. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, that I is. You, were, you were right. That's what it was. Showing you ideas. Well, that's cool. So, but they're dumber. <laughs> okay. Here is something that he, listen to this. Three myths that need to be shattered. Yeah. Not about smart not about avoiding mistakes, and not about being nice. He, makes, uh, he has a special part of the book that talks about cultures that are too nice mm -hmm. will not be highly successful groups. That's true. But he also covers for that, he even early, I think it was in the first chapter, he talks about a guy whose professional job was to go into groups and destroy them. Yeah, that's why I'm so mean to Charlie. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. Hey, sorry, sir. Three roles that the professional destroyer of groups plays. Can you guess the three roles? The, the three roles a destroyer plays. Yeah. This is the this the, is the, the professional who goes in to destroy hired, groups, and this is they improve the team in the end by well, doing this. No, they don't necessarily improve the team. It's like putting a virus. Then bomb why would they be hired to do it? To see which groups they can't destroy. Why? To see what, it, what is different about a group that can't be destroyed by this guy we hire who, whose job it is to go in there and damage the group. Um, okay. Well, one could be to make people dislike each other somehow. Spread rumors. Oh, the, disc, the sower of discord among brethren. He didn't ever mention that, but no? kind okay. of. One is the jerk. The mm. guy who comes in and just makes everybody feel uncomfortable oh, so that nobody will there. say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw a real extreme example of that last year. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The second is the slacker. The slacker is a person who just doesn't want to work and everybody, instead of people saying, well, we'll work better, sometimes people pick up the slacker's energy mm -hmm. and they all figure, what the heck? And the third one is related to the slacker. It's the downer. It's the person who just sees the negative side of everything and it infects everybody else. Yeah. I see all of those. The danger is it infecting others. Others see, well, this guy's slagging off. Why should I, you yeah. know? They spotlighted one group where the guy could not cause damage. And it was because the leader of the group had established enough, I, I can't remember the term he used, but it was 
regular, consistent little cues of safety, connectedness, and what we're here for. The, the, the goal of what we're here for. So that somebody's throwing rocks at it and it's like throwing BBs at a tank. You've just got something that is standing too strong on its own for this guy to affect them. So he says that, he talks about this early in the book so that we're establishing some teams are very strong. Let's look at what highly successful teams have in common. And then he elaborates through the chapters of the book uh, about what those qualities are. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Everybody knows where we're going. Mm -hmm. Everybody is okay with just starting to head towards the goal because they know they can always change course. They don't need to know the right answers. Mm -hmm. They figure it out along the way so they feel safe. And they know that they'll help get help from other people and they'll work together. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like just it's the, the quintessential. The example Daniel. of a healthy family. But, but really though, when someone quantifies this with story after story, I just found this book really, really exciting. I read it and then I read it again really slowly over a couple months. But uh, when, I, when I was reading it, I wanted to talk with everybody about it. And what I really want to do is read it a third time with a group of people where we're trying to make a successful team. Okay, who cares? Now let's talk about the book. You do this one more time. You feel safe? I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same Isn't this the missile option though? This, this is, is the, the whole thing about the second strike capacity uh, of, uh, of the Cold War. You can look that up. This is the yeah. worst culture possible, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can get through this. And yet. <laughs> What's next? Um, why were you excited to talk to people about it? What did you want to talk about? Some of the stories in here. Tell me another story. Are just great. Let me tell you. Is another. there another safety story? Before I talk, I tell another example that's related to safety. Uh, here is a, uh, almost a quote from, it's not a quote from the book, but he talked about the pattern of small behaviors. It's not one thing that makes a team work. It is a consistent pattern of small behaviors. And here were some of the words he used. Curiosity. That when something goes wrong, instead of immediately judging it, being curious about it. And when I've seen people that are really good with other people, I have noticed that. It's not a quick judgment. It's a, what's going on there? I want to hear more, which leads to questioning uh, and, and explicit assumptions of mutual benefit. That it's not like you're working against me and I'm working against you. It's an assumption. We've got the same goal, which is mutual benefit. And when you put that goal out there explicitly, then if the behavior is bad, then a person who's worth working with will acknowledge, you're right, this behavior that I'm doing is not uh, working toward our, our mutual benefit. Uh, explicit assumption of shared goals. So these are, this, it's a pattern of a whole bunch of behaviors, like a whole bunch of, like, you know how the, the neck, the vertebrae in the neck do not move that much each. And the same with the, uh, the, the lumbar vertebrae. But when you get them together, there's more, mo more movement than you would think. Seven times more. Seven times more. Times yeah. seven makes a difference. Yeah. Seven <laughs> is a lot. Okay. Now let me tell you the, uh, the, another example of safety. And it, it's a little, little tangential. It's, uh, the chapter two is called The Billion Dollar Day When Nothing Happened. And it was about a guy who turned Google. Google was a contender or not even a contender practically. I mean, Google was just this place that was trying to be a search engine and they ended up being <laughs> the search engine. And there's a guy named Jeff Dean 
who they spotlight, who it was one day and one post on a bill or a bulletin board there that turned everything around. I thought you said it wasn't, it's not one thing. It's a, a series of things. But like hang on, of, let okay. me finish this. Let me finish this. <laughs> <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> I don't know. Are you proving yourself wrong? Or? Hang on. I'm not done with the story. <laughs> There's this one thing that happened. It was yeah. a post on a bulletin board yeah. that turned everything around. Okay. And so Daniel Coyle researches this to find out what it was and he, he gets the story and then he goes to Jeff Dean and mentions it to him and Jeff Dean doesn't even remember it or barely remembers it. Oh yeah, I do remember it. And the reason he didn't remember it is because it was so much a part of their culture to not worry about making mistakes and chase this and do the the things that they did make connections there was the, it was such a a an infrastructure for creativity to happen that that kind of stuff happens all the time happens a hundred times happens a thousand times and then one of them succeeds in another environment that one would never have happened because there was not a, ha a habit of all sorts of opportunity to take chances in innovation what was the thing I don't even remember. Oh. I don't remember, but I remember that no. somebody posted these ads suck on the bulletin board and then Jeff Dean saw it and started figuring out how to solve one problem. One thing led to another. But Daniel Coyle traced it back to a, a watershed moment that it goes this way as opposed to that way. Mm, well, thank you, Daniel. Have we talked enough about safety? I think, I don't, I just, I like these stories. I like these stories too. There are more. Please oh, give me more. Some of them are, are, I'm, I'm excited about some of them. Let's, let's just skip the ones you're not excited about. Yeah. Well, I, I liked Man. most of them. Some of them I had a hard time relating to, uh, sports teams, Navy SEALs, military operations. Um, mm -hmm. but all of them, every one of his stories is to make a point that you could spend a week, like what you did with Mixergy, every one of these chapters and spotlights of these, of these teams that worked, you could spend one week saying, how can we be more like them? And I think it would really strengthen a team. This was, Mixergy was daily. Mixergy was daily, but didn't you daily. say that every time you listen to one, you spend a week? I thought you said you spent a week. No, I would kind of think about it that day. Yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Okay, let's move yeah. to connectedness. Yes. Here was something about connectedness. It was an experiment with a tricky puzzle. You have people try to do a tricky puzzle. They put a person into the room trying to do the tricky puzzle, and then you interrupt them, and you say that a, another colleague... Steve has a tip for you that will help. Freaking Steve. It's always that guy. <laughs> it was Steve. He has a what? A tip? Steve has a tip that will help you with this puzzle. Okay. And they found that if you, if you give people that information, the tip is totally unhelpful. Damn it, Steve. It doesn't do any good. But if you give people that information, they will spend something like 50% more time working on the puzzle because they know someone else cares. So that is an example of connectedness, that when you know someone cares about what you're doing, you are more likely to put more energy into it. So I just need to lie to my team and tell them, hey, Steve oh, over there. That, that's not the last lie that comes into this. No? No, there's another lie, but I'll, I'll get to it. But I just you, pretend I care? Uh, yeah, if a person believes it. <laughs> oh, man. I know the secret. Hey, now. what you working on? Cool. A lot of research is based on deception. Wait, research is based yeah, on deception? Yeah, this was a research experiment mm -hmm. to see whether it made a difference. If you give somebody a tip that doesn't help, 
whether it'll make a difference like in a how placebo. Uh, yeah, yeah. It worked just because they want it to work. Do you know about the honest placebo? The, the one that's not a placebo? Wait. It is a placebo, but Wait. you tell the person that it is a this is a sugar pill. Oh, but yeah. we're going to pretend that it's the real thing and it makes a difference like a placebo. It still makes a difference? It still makes a difference. You tell them it's a placebo. Yeah. There was there's a whole article in Time Magazine about five years or so ago on, on this. It was so very just, interesting. So that means you can take your own placebo. Someone yes. else doesn't have to lie to you. You can just like pretend you're on your own and it still works. Yes. And part of it is, is uh, ritualizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Is this why confidence works? How do you mean? Well, that if you believe you could do it, you're more likely to do it. It's uh, kind of like just telling yourself that this pill is gonna is real. And the article was not nearly long enough in time, but it was still interesting. It was sort of introducing it to the public that much research has yet to be done, and it does not cure diseases. It takes away symptoms, uh, but it but it it works. So uh, so yeah, that's similar. Should I save the 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 best one of all, or or no? I will. I'll no, save the best tell me one. now. Okay, I'll tell you now because you you like dessert first. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Harvard test of inflected acquisition done in 1965? I, I haven't even you... heard of those words before, <laughs> Marco. <Marshall. laughs> okay, Robert Robert Rosenthal approaches a California public elementary school of first and second graders. Okay. Uh, and introduces an intelligence test that they take to predict which children will excel Is this IQ? in the coming years. Like it was SATs? an IQ. Yeah, it was like an IQ test. It, no. Not just their IQ, but whether the they're the, the kind that will be. Yeah, and their SQ. All of that. All the cues. All the cues. Okay. Okay. So this is so not a test we know about. This is like the, a the test. The students okay. don't know whether they pass the test. Okay. They give the results to the teachers, and sure enough, a year later. What? Those kids that were identified with the Harvard test of inflected acquisition did way better than the other students. Now, okay. do you know where this is going? No. They didn't tell the students? They didn't tell the students. They told the teachers. Wait, the te all the kids that took the test? The kids they predicted would oh, do better. Oh, just the one. And the ones better. that they predicted that wouldn't did not succeed. The or ones whatever. that what they predicted success? would do better did way better. In their careers or something? In their, no, in their, in their uh, excelling in school in the coming oh. year. Oh, I see. They're still in school. The test was, as he put it, pure baloney. What does that mean? It was... How test, did they predict? The test was nonsense, but they told the teachers. Oh, they told the... I missed that part. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. they told the I would predict you as a student that just might not get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why yeah. you're not my teacher. That's why I'm not I being a good teacher to you. Is that I, I'm already biased against you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're safe. Good. Okay. Now, <laughs> I was hoping that when I told this story, it would be moving. I, I, I think I've lost the opportunity for that. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm now, think about this, moved. though. What, what it means... The teachers just focused on the ones to... They, they made it happen? Just, he made a list of the things the teachers did. First of all, they believed that these students were going to achieve. And so they were kinder. They were more attentive. Uh -huh. They gave the kids the benefit of the doubt when they... Mm, this is really one of those gifted students. Well, the test is so accurate that I've just got to believe that. They gave them more input. And it created what he called something, I think he called it a virtue spiral, that the kids recognize 
I feel important in this teacher's perception, and so I'm going to do better. And then the teacher sees them doing better and says, the test results were right, and it got better and better and better. Okay. How much correlation was there to the, the ones that they told the teacher that would succeed with the ones that were su actually successful? Was it like a pure... I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember that it was over twice as they, they succeeded over twice. Okay. So there were still students that were not predicted to be, that were not told the teacher that they would be successful that did prevail on their own. Well, I'm sure there's sure other there factors. What I'm yeah, saying, but like, you, you know, it, it's it, he's not giving he's not giving a full abstract of these. I know to, to give I'm every saying, detail. This example could lead someone to believe that it's all about the teacher. Uh, but you also, every it, student it also has their own actions could, that they, he, they they could determine their own future. It's but not we, like we, we don't need to make that pitch from it, though. No, no, no. The, the thing that it made me think is that it does make a difference. When you perceive, when a teacher perceives students as gifted. Now, yeah. before I read this, I remember years ago that I will consciously see every student that I am teaching as someone who will succeed more than I have succeeded. It doesn't mean that it's going to work. But when I read that, I thought that was so moving to think that you can trick the teacher into saying this kid's going to be successful and the teacher will end up being a better teacher to them and the kid will be successful. I thought it was wonderfully encouraging and it had a lot to do with what happened with the guy doing the tricky puzzle and knowing that Steve's rooting for him. So he does better. He's connected. Okay. How does this apply to your life, Stan, personally? For some reason, I am... I keep... That specific story makes me want to challenge it. I wasn't finding myself challenging it. I was thinking this is a little this is a little gold nugget yeah. to, to take away, which is that if there is a sense of us, a sense of community, a sense of safety, and a sense of you're going to be something special. No, I, I totally see how a teacher who believes in a student will do things that will increase the chances for that student to succeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Because they're going to put more effort into it. But that specific test, like, like, don't, okay, first of all, the students have their own uh, actions. Also, the teacher, like, do all these teachers just believe in it, like, without challenging it at all? Like, if, if somebody told me that this half of the class is going to suck, <laughs> these are going to be great, and then I observe something different, I'm going to believe in my own <laughs> what, what, I'm going to believe in my own observations like wait that test is wrong like that, oh, yeah. she's definitely going to succeed what the fuck it's got to like, turn I'm a, into a I'm contest. a professional instructor I know what's going to happen yeah are these all beginner student or beginner teachers here like never how come seen? they're not critical thinkers and challenging yeah. the data yeah have they not ever seen what an actual student that succeeds looks like I think that if you can lie well and say the, I mean, it's called the Harvard Inflection Acquisition. Is it Harvard? Gosh, it's a big research. So institute. I would assume that the Harvard instructors would have these qualities. No, this was these were not Harvard instructors. Oh, these were research. Where, okay, where, where were they? Teaching? No, I, I believe. Stan, <laughs> I believe okay. that you are going to learn I this. I see. I see. And that so when they you went read to the, the culture code, teachers. you will be as moved emotionally as I am, I was. Yeah. This was one of those moments where I had to stop reading so that I could just ingest it. Yeah. I liked this book.
He makes the point at the beginning, though, that none of this stuff in this book is going to make it easy. It is just, it's useful, but the, the whole process of ses, uh, successful teams is, is fraught with challenges. Uh-huh. That's where that being nice thing and not being nice thing is. Is there a story about being nice? Oh, man, I want, I want to hear this one. Let's see. Let's uh, hear about the not being oh, nice. Oh, there's part. the not being nice. Oh, yeah, he's got a number. He's got a, a coach. Yeah. Popovich. Is it? Popovich? Do you know who Popovich is? <laughs> I didn't know who he Popovich. was. Popovich. He said, if you type into YouTube, Popovich yells at, at his players. I don't even know what, ba- I, think it was, I think it was basketball. Papa Swolio. If you want daily motivation to go to the gym, follow Papa Swolio on TikTok. He's great. If you keep slacking, you're going to end up on my naughty list. And let me tell you something. You don't want to end up on Papa Swolio's naughty list. No, you don't. Oh, yes. Give it to me, daddy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Greg Popovich screaming at his players compilation. Sounds like you found it. Yeah. 14 seconds. Go I mean, this guy just takes all the fun out of it. Now, here's what, they, like, here's what he spotlighted about him, though. And he, he, he was not the only one he spotlighted like this. This is a guy who gets in your face, who yells, who is an angry dad, and who cares deeply and pulls out all the stops for your birthday party and and, uh, wine together. So he's deeply involved and caring and deeply confronted, very much like what you described in your childhood, that it's really supportive and really confrontatory. Yeah. So yeah, that combination creates connectedness. So this is a good example? It was a good example. It was an example of not always being nice. Okay. He had the respect from the players yeah. in other ways yeah. so that when he yelled at them, they took it seriously That's and right. they were okay. They didn't get like annoyed by him. They just, they felt like I need to step it up. You take it seriously because this guy is on your team and you're on his team. And he had wow. military examples of that too, which I don't recall that specifically. He spotlighted the Navy SEALs at some point. He spotlighted a, another... Uh, military team that did these these uh, special operations that were really risky, really dangerous. And that is where he talks about the, I think it was called the AAR, the after action review, that when you've done this military operation and things go wrong or things that uh, don't go wrong, uh, but people can get killed and people do get killed, that you have an immediate after action review. And the after action review is not to credit and not to blame. It is to create a shared mental model of what happened so that the next time you're prepared for that. But it has to be ruthlessly objective about what happened. And each person involved has to fess up, has to honestly take responsibility for their role in it. So I'm a little confused. It looked like he was yelling at the player, like blaming them, like what the hell is wrong? No, that's Popovich. Yeah. Yeah. Same concept. He looked, it looked like he was blaming. Yeah, I'm sure he was because that's his style. So, you know, one of the advantages of having, when you're talking about don't be nice. Yeah. Or don't be nice all the time. Yeah. I think that there's an advantage to telling a story about Popovich and about one military team and another military team. And then Pixar. Pixar was an example of don't be nice. It was, uh, he spotlighted their brain trusts. Their brain trusts are designed, I call it scheduled discomfort. That's the term I've come up with in the last couple months for this. That you, it's not that it happens only when things go wrong. The brain trust is that you regularly. Just regularly beat people down. You regularly look at what's happening with it and say, 
Look at the gap between what we want and where we want to go. It isn't working. It isn't working. It isn't working. And it is not to make a person feel bad. It is to say it isn't working and things will not get better. Uh, Pixar, in developing the brain trust, it was to regularly create discomfort so that the product will get better. Did he talk about Steve Jobs at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He mentioned Steve Jobs. Because there's a lot of people that disagree on I know. whether it was good or not that he was so mean. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it probably had an effect on the success of Apple. Was it overall a good thing or not? Well, like, I, I don't know that we need to polarize it, that, that it's good or bad. Yeah. Because Steve Jobs was obviously an abusive man. Right. Because, yeah, it could be yeah. too far into the mean. Right. He was abusing people he was working with for the benefit of the user. Right. Which Apple does not do that anymore, apparently. So he was doing something like, have you ever heard uh, the co- composer Wagner? Yeah. Uh, Wagner was a famous jerk. And there, <laughs> okay. there was an essay called The Monster about how bad a guy he was. And does that, is he justified? Because he was a great composer? And that's not the question here. That's a, that's a question of, is it okay to be a jerk? He was a jerk and he got away with it because he was a great composer. So it's just, it's a lesson about how life works. It's not a prescription to say you should be a jerk because you can get away with it because you do good work. Okay. It's trying to be a, an objective study. And he did not spotlight Steve Jobs. Okay. He mentioned Steve Jobs in there because Steve Jobs was so connected with Pixar. The, the mention of Steve Jobs wasn't about Apple. Uh, the important thing that he made the point of is that, that successful teams are not necessarily characterized by being happy. Some of them are. I've been around ad agencies that were really successful and the people loved being there. And it was not that there wasn't discomfort. There was discomfort, but they were very much family-like. But uh, that's not the, that's not, you don't look around and say, who are the successful teams? Oh, these are successful times. Hey, well, they'll all be happy, right? No. Uh, the way he put it was uh, that they are characterized by solving tough problems together, which includes discomfort. Okay. So he's, he's being the journalist. He's just showing what he found. And different facets of yeah. it. So that if you say, well, Popovich gets in his people's face, that's the way to do it. No, another right. person does it differently. Yeah. Okay. And I, you st- I think you start to see the kernel of truth that's in there. Not all comfortable. That just shows like happiness is not, has nothing to do with it at all. Like, uh, happiness has something to do with it, but, but it, it is not the big factor. Right. It's, okay. not, it's not one of those three things of safety, connectedness, and, and future-oriented. Got it. Charlie, stop being happy. Oh. Or smile. Continue, continue not being smile happy. or you're in trouble. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on, Charlie. You're doing very well. I mean, you suck. Oh man. I'm glad not you can again. play that way. Let me ask another rhetorical question. Have you ever heard of the Allen curve? Is it is it like the Allen wrench? It's it's a similar sounding name. But not related. But it has no relationship. Like the other. Allen wrench is not, doesn't have an Allen curve you on You have it. done a good job in <laughs> recognizing two similar sounds. And yes, I'm very That's Does it have the letter A in it? You want to hear what the Allen curve is? Wait, let's wait till this guy <laughs> stops peeing. <laughs> Someone's making an Allen curve right now. <laughs> is it a, does it look like this? <laughs> no, no. Do it the other way around. Do it the other way around. Make it go up. And then make it go like that up. Yeah. 
Very good. Now, if you can do that with a pencil on paper and make it go thick, thin. What? The Allen curve came from an MIT professor who did research. Allen? I'm assuming his name was Allen. Yeah. See that? that? Who, Who did research to see what factor made groups in offices do well together. Okay. And he was astonished to find one big thing, and that is how close together the desks are. And he found that the closer together the desks are to where people people have regular conversations when they're done with the job, somebody knows that they're done with the job, where there is close physical proximity. That made such a huge, huge distance. There came a point where if you just move the desks a few more feet away... The, the curve drops for being a successful group. So he found out that physical proximity and, and yeah, conversations and what are you going to do after work and that kind of thing was a huge factor in, in team success. So how is this up and down curve related to this? Oh, it I, seems like it's I was just, just like a linear. I was like, BSing you because you seemed like you were going in that direction about that it was a, uh, like a. You a, jerk. A, yeah, like a French curve. I'll or show a, you yeah. an Allen wrench. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it on See camera. Oh, no. Let's not get that on camera. So is it just a simple curve up? Or down? It's it's, it's what a, the thing I did it's first, a, like this. It's a great. Well, we can show it. We can show it, and we'll credit the book, "The Culture Code" by Daniel Coyle. In the, yeah, yeah. Frequency of communication, distance of separation. Mm-hmm. So those are the two axes. Yeah. The closer you are, yeah, it, it's a real quick drop. That's the whole point of this a graph. Real quick drop. You move a few feet away, and your conversation frequency just plummets. Is this meters? Eight meters? Maybe it is. So eight meters. After eight meters, it's pretty much negligible. If you go farther, yeah, like you're. Yeah, you might as well be in different offices. Yeah, maybe it's distance to actually get to each other, not direct line. Well, but, you know what you can do? You can yeah. look up the Allen curve and find out more about that research. What's the point of this podcast? Because I can't know it all. That's why I want to read it a third time. You are so deceiving. So, what I've learned, be mean, <laughs> pee downward. <laughs> you got it all. You're a good student. Yeah. Uh, let's go to one more thing about the desks. Uh, have you ever heard of body doubling? I mean, generally, yes. Yeah, body doubling could be taken to mean many things, like the way, the way children come into the world. But it's, I'm thinking of another- <laughs> Wait, no, I did, that's not what I thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, but explain that. Yes. Keep going. A a student explained to me something that, that, but when the pandemic happened and we've got discord and and these, these uh, social communication channels uh, that the way when you're, when you're an extrovert in particular, but it happens with anybody. If you tell a person, I'm going to work on this for the next hour. What are you going to work on? They say, I'm going to work on this for the next hour. And then you check it in with each other. And I thought, I remember the most enjoyable times doing homework in my life, getting prepared for classes, was during my son's teen years. We would arrange what I'm going to work. Are you going to work on the the stuff that takes brain activity or are you going to work on the stuff that's just monkey work? And then we'd decide which CDs to put on. And we would work and he'd work for an hour or two or for that CD. And it didn't make any difference that we were working on completely different projects the fact that somebody else is focusing on it, it, uh-huh. it can, it's an, a way of creating connection, and it works in, in a... Yeah. 
It works. That's awesome. In social media, it, it's great. And it's, it has helped some students do better during the pandemic. This is again, is a physical space thing being actually together or no, no, even e just doing even it on discord. The discord. Yeah. Just having the idea that there is a human somewhere yeah. doing the same thing as you or not yeah. the same thing, just working alongside you. That's right. Where yeah. you say, I think oh, this will take me an hour and a half. Oh, I might, yeah. might only take a half hour, but I'll, I'll check in with you. Sometimes even leaving the audio open uh, because you might be listening to the same thing at the same time. But the, uh, the idea is you are not alone in your in your pursuit of this. It's a yeah. way to create a structure for, for getting things done. Yeah, no, this is, the, this is the community thing we keep mentioning. Yeah. It's super important. You betcha. So, broker.com, go <laughs> leave your comments, connect to each other. Yeah. See, you don't even have to be together. You could just be at, on broker.com. And uh, martialart.com and get on my uh, subscription <laughs> list. Video lectures from Marshall at my website, martialart.com. Okay. You've let, you've mentioned this in two episodes, you know. Well, one of them. Well, one private, of them is for private. Yeah, for, you have to pay for not you. Nine dollars for it. This is free. You're missing out. It's called FOMO. It's one of the marketing tactics. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, it's behind a paywall. You got to buy the yeah. drawn basics course to get access to that one episode that we recorded. You're good at this. That you you're... currently don't have access to, but you should. Otherwise, you'll feel bad. You're one of Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point characters, the sales. Which one is it? The salesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm playing. I'm trying to play the maven. Explain. The maven is a person who loves their subject and also if you go to them, uh, they, they make it accessible. They give you the, the, the way to get in easily. Okay. I'm playing all of them. It's just at okay. different times. Right now, it's the sales, the sales job. Once you get in, I'm the maven. Oh, they have to pay for the maven. They have to pay for the maven. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, any questions about this book? <laughs> oh, God. Um, what have you implemented already? Because I know you have groups that you are part of, that you lead. I mentioned it to you on the, uh, you the behind the paywall, but I'll Can mention I, it again. No, no. No, don't. You gotta go listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do have personal stories. <laughs> yeah, they are paid oh, you do? Wow. <laughs> How convenient! <laughs> I didn't know this was not a setup for that. No. What I forgot. What did you say? It was that I am actually working with and giving feedback to twelve students in perspective over a period of six months in preparation for the Proco perspective. No, course. but what? Hang on, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Yeah. I'm not just giving them feedback. Yeah. We also schedule two hours a week to just do exercises together. Oh, that. Thing. And yeah, it's yeah. I don't have to prepare for it. I go there and do the exercises too. Yeah. And it's just some of the How most convenient. enjoyable hanging out with students. Do they pay but, for this? No, they didn't pay for this. Okay, this please. was just, we just did this extra. And that's why I did it because I read this book and I thought, I want to be involved where I'm not just the uh, sage on the stage. I want to be working with them because I want to get better and move in the direction of being a good freehand draft, drafter. Okay. And uh, here's another thing. Mm -hmm. I have seen over the years, people who put together great teams including you, but also some of my friends and students uh, who have instinctively, or even if not instinctively, just from other instructors, gotten some of this stuff. In around 2016, I did a presentation in Animation Expo on recipes for creative teams. It was about uh, great collaborators. And uh, I, 
I put about a month into getting it together, but I've been studying creative couples all my life, particularly married couples, to see how they made work. Some of them that I've known personally, spotlighted them in that. I, I was very proud of what I had in that presentation. And when I read this book, it confirmed a lot of what I said, but it also adjusted some of it. What did you get wrong? Or that you have uh, changed your mind on? Uh, some of it was how important the regular discomfort is. Mm, okay, but yeah. that, I, wasn't, uh, that was not a complete surprise because I watched Bob and Wanda Duncan from the time I was born and I have never seen a more harmonious couple and they made millions of dollars together. Yeah. But when, when Bob died and I spent hours on the phone with uh, Wanda, she was in Oklahoma, I asked her about their collaboration over the years. She gave me a lot. She told me a lot about their marriage and uh, that how, the, the difficulties they, they had, but they were so united and they had such a clear vision and the difficulties tended to be about, we have a shared vision. I'm seeing one way, you're seeing another way. This isn't working for me. It may be working for you, but there was never any question about their united front. It's the, the, the difficulties are sometimes it's... How many times have you seen creative teams that have broken, broken up bands that have, you saw everybody who started a yeah. rock and roll band or creative project would break up because of what they call creative differences. They didn't have what I made a, the first issue in that creative uh, recipes for creative teams is if you don't have a shared vision and they can be different visions if they merge, but if they are different visions that are just going to tug in other directions, it's better to break up. Mm -hmm. And so that's why creating mission statements is part of that future oriented thing. There is a story in there, I think it's chapter three on the Christmas truce, which happened in World War I that is so moving. It is just mm -hmm. really, really, and thought provoking about all this stuff, about how you get people who are, their job is to kill each other and they end up- But not uh, during Christmas. They end up laughing and, and uh, hanging out together. What happened the day after? Let you read it. It was, it was really interesting. Okay. The whole book is interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. That was uh, a lot of fun. Daniel Coyle's Talent Code, I think, is one of the best books I've ever known for developing skill, learning how yeah. to draw, learning how to get good at anything. Mm -hmm. Of all the books that I've read and, or perused or looked at on how leadership and teams work, this is the one. I'm, I'm stopping here because this is worth digging into. You find a treasure chest this rich. I, I, it, yeah. it would take me a long time to get huh. Does he have out. any other books? Uh, yeah, he has the little book of talent that you told me about, which yeah. I bought. I like the but little book of that's talent. That's related to the talent it, code. That's a, kind a of a supplement of it. Yeah. Does he have any other topics? Like, uh, I haven't looked at him yet. I don't know. The health code, the marketing code. He probably will. The coding code. Ooh, dev code. Well, maybe more on this at another time, but maybe... Maybe not. I'm glad I got to report to you. Thank you. Stan Prokopenko. I will put all of this into practice. Today. Today. <laughs> right? And if you now, don't, right you now. are in big trouble. Charlie will be the guinea pig. Wouldn't it be worthwhile to end this by shooting each other? Aim for the eyes. <laughs> Mine curved. <laughs> Mine freaking curved. Oh, that was funny. I saw it go. Yours did an Alan curve. I haven't curve. shot a gun yeah, in years. Curve. I enjoyed that. Well, the great thing about me missing is that you now don't have a bullet. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>